Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and I'm proud to be bringing you these stories of everyday heroes right here from Sydney, Australia. Today on the show, our guest is Mick Hayes. Now, I'm wondering, has anyone ever told you that you can't do something? Has anyone ever told you no? Well, of course, right? It happens all the time. And depending on what that is, it really kind of depends on how you're going to react to it. No to coffee is a different reaction to no to beer, for instance. (laughs) Just kidding. I think you get the idea. If it's not a big deal when somebody says no or you can't do a particular thing, then the reaction is usually in line with that, meaning it's not a big deal. But if you have a dream and a purpose for living that dream and someone tells you, no, you can't do it, well, that's a completely different story. And that presents a chance for you to go all in, to commit and to do whatever it takes to get what you want in spite of the naysayers. I think intuitively, we've all experienced this very thing. And in some ways, it makes up a part of all of us. It forms part of our character as human beings. As you'll hear today, our guest was told no, but he didn't let that stop him. In fact, he found himself on a path that he never would have imagined. Life always takes twists and turns, and no matter how much planning you do, and no matter how many goals you set, how you react to the changes and what you do to capitalize on them is a measure of your creativity and your commitment to your own success. You're going to love Mick's Goalin story. It will feel familiar. It will make you question what you would have done. And most of all, you'll be able to relate to it. And that's really important because there's a lesson in it for all of us. I'm excited he's here. So please help me in welcoming Mick Hayes. Well, good day, Mick. Welcome to the Goalin podcast, mate. It's really great to have you here. Mate, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me, Rob. Really cool. No worries at all. Well, before we get into this Goalin mindset and all the craziness around uh, this podcast and, and the movement that I've created here, I'd like to kick off all of these shows with a quick little get-to-know-you quiz. It helps warm us up, calm the nerves down a little bit, and maybe your friends and family and your kids listening in might learn something about you. So keep it G-rated for me, yeah? Yeah, right. Let's see where we go. <laughs> all right, mate. It's uh, pretty random in no particular order. Just tell me the, the first cool. thing that comes to mind when uh, I ask the question. Here's the first one. You live up on the on the Goldie in Coolangatta, right? So... How old were you when you first learned to surf? Uh, ten. Oh, you pretty little. Were ten. you a good swimmer when you were little like that? Uh, yeah, I was a good swimmer. Learned when I was ten. Uh, first surf was at Clark's Beach, Byron Bay, on an old Mad Dog surfboard that I was given to by one of my dad's mates. There you go. And, and you I can remember, mate. I can remember, and I remember the guy, the kid that was teaching me. He was a great surfer. He was a bit older, and he said. Oh, I was having trouble with, hey, when do, I, when do I learn how to, how do I know when to stand up? And he said, you know, when you drink a can of Coke and you know when to start sipping? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's when you know when you need to stand up. <laughs> so that was his words of wisdom. Funny little analogy. Yeah. I live right on the beach here in Sydney in Cronulla and my daughter's, I've been, I've been nudging her for years. Come on, let's get in the water. She does nippers and everything like that. Let's go surfing. Yeah. Uh, she's just never really been interested. And now she's in high school. All the boys are out yeah. surfing and yeah. she said to me yesterday for the first time, Hey dad, you reckon we can get a surfboard and a wetsuit and go out there? And I said, Oh, it's pretty cold. <laughs> up a bit. She goes, yeah, let's do that. But I want to, yeah. I want to yeah. learn. Oh, the next question is, have you taught your kids how to surf? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, mate, uh, so our six-year-old Cohen is now paddling out the back with us. I know what. Um, which is a proud dad moment. And even little Jakey at four, he's um, he's standing up on the soft board in the, in the shallows in the little whitewash. So Rainbow Bay here at Cooley is, uh, is an amazing spot to learn to the kids when it's, when it's small. So, um, but yeah, mate, they're in. They were in as, as quickly as they could breathe. I, was, I had them in the ocean. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah. do, you prefer, do you prefer the big waves or do you prefer carving it up on, a, on the small chop? Uh, anything much bigger than uh, than six foot, and I start to probably think about: Am I fit enough for this? Um, however, I do like to challenge, you know, in some of that bigger stuff every now and then. I've got some crazy mates up here that that go as big as they can, and I try to join with them a little little bit, but I'm not quite up to their space yet. So. I really like surfing. I just don't like paddling. Yeah, that's it. I've got a mate just like that, and now he kite surfs because he doesn't want to paddle anyway. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I've got a stand-up paddleboard these days. A bit of a dodgy shoulder paddling on a surfboard, so it's not as good as it used to be. Tell yeah, me, do you do, yeah, do you do any other sports, mate? Uh, yeah, I, um, I box. So I've been a, a mediocre boxer for quite a while, uh, but I don't fight. There's a big difference between boxing to actually fight in the ring versus boxing to keep fit and do a bit of sparring. So um, so I box. I uh, love to go fishing, whether that's a sport. Um, there's an argument there probably. And uh, play, play some pretty ordinary golf every now and then. But surfing is generally it with a bit of boxing involved. So, very nice, very nice. Well, that'll keep you fit for surfing, that's for sure. Yeah, that's it. It, it all kind of goes hands in hand. So, absolutely. Tell me, mate, do you have a uh, a favourite author? Uh, no, shit house at reading books. Um, audio books? No, not even audio books. I'm I'm getting into the podcast space because I think 12 months ago I said, mate, you need to learn more to myself. So uh, I've never been a big reader, but I have got a favourite. I guess the the best book I read in the last little while was the Chapter one by Daniel Flynn from Thank You, Thank You Water, probably because it's a really easy read. So, uh, but a cool little story about how they started. You know, it's not uncommon what you just said. I I asked somebody recently what they what they did for a job, and they asked me, and I told them I'm a podcaster, and they're like, a what? <laughs> podcaster, a what? I'm a podcaster for heaven's sake. You don't know what a podcast is, and I'm like, yeah, I sort of do, but I don't listen to them. And I'm like, well, do you listen to audio book? No. Do you, do you read books? No. Get into podcasts. And then, you know, funny enough, in, in the same week, somebody said to me, I can't listen to audio books. I hate reading books, but yeah. I can, I can, I'm addicted to podcasts. And I think it's the interaction and the, and the human exchange that's there. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to. And, you know, there's a, you know, audio is the future, right? Because you can, yeah. you can listen to a podcast no matter where you are versus watching a movie or reading a book. You kind of, it takes mm-hmm. all your senses. So, but yeah. Cool. Next question. There absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> What's your favorite movie, mate? Natural Born Killers. Very good. Good Good film. Great old, film. Old school. Yeah. yeah. Old school. Favorite holiday destination? Uh, there's a place called Northwest Island, which is off Gladstone, uh, about 70 nautical miles out to sea, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing on it but a compost toilet. So <laughs> you have to take all your gear with you, food, water, camping gear. You stay there for two weeks, camp. And that's an amazing place. It's no longer a secret, so it's okay that I talk about it on a podcast. And either there, and if I'm on my own and I don't have the kids at the moment, I would love to be at Lance's left in the Mentowies, best left-hand break-off surf ever. Very nice. So it's a surfing holiday. It's a surfing holiday. When the kids are old enough, they'll be coming. But right now, that's a, that's a solo venture, that one. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well said. 
Tell me, what's the uh, the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Don't take a small uh, small term gain for long term loss. So no shortcuts. I learned that one a long time ago, and I've never forgotten it. Do it properly. Or don't do it at all. Isn't it? I can't, yeah, I can't say I've always ad- adhered to it. However, um, you know, it's always a fallback. So yeah. People have been asking me recently, Rob, how did you how did you build your podcast to what it is today? How did you get such a big following? How did you do that? And, and I'm, I, I always like to ask them, what are you really asking me? Are you asking me what the shortcut was or are you asking me how I did it? <laughs> yeah. And inevitably, 95% of people say, what's the shortcut? How did you do it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think what they do is they forget, they see that, you know, you're two years down the track of where they want to be and they forget that you started exactly where they're starting to try and get some momentum behind you and things like that as well. But yeah, yeah I'm sure. guilty of wanting to take a shortcut and taking a few of my life as well. All right. Last question for the little get to know you quiz, mate. It's a serious podcasting question requires a serious answer. You spend any time each day in meditation or some form of contemplation? No way. I've got two small kids. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? So uh, quick story. I had my own uh, experience with the stress and some anxiety last year. Sought out some help, got told to do some mindfulness. And I right, oh, sweet, let's try some mindfulness. A segue to that is my old man's a psychologist, my mum's a nurse, and my sister's a psychologist. So, Gosh. you know, that kind of space has always been there. And I've probably been the black sheep going, nah, I don't need that bullshit. <laughs> Started doing mindfulness. Yeah, cool, really works for me. But it's very tricky to do when you've got a four-year-old tapping you on the side of the head. saying, <laughs> dad, dad, what are you doing? What are you doing, dad? So um, at the moment, I've let that lapse. But, uh, yeah, mindfulness is certainly uh, a cool exercise that I do need to get accountable and get back into. So I don't struggle with it the same way you do because I'm distracted by little kids because my kids are a lot bigger. But yeah. um, I just I do it in a different form. It's either exercise or it's either on the ocean or yeah. it's media-free while I'm doing some other activity like the morning walk type thing. Um, yeah, sure. I, definitely can't sit still and meditate even a guided meditation i really struggle with that and i'm always interested to know like other people's views of those things and that as well so it's good to know i'm with somebody that also struggles i'm not yeah biased. sure i think um I, I certainly agree that the exercise stuff is my uh, my makeup so from where i'm sitting right now there's a boxing bag just outside my door mm. <laughs> so you know i can switch off and go out there for half an hour surfing is obviously a great thing i do listen to some uh some physics podcasting stuff at night time to switch off. So I guess that's a bit of medication too because I don't quite understand a lot about what they're talking, but it's, it just hits the right nerve for me. So, yeah, less traditional mindfulness and, and contemplation, I guess, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I had a little trouble a while back. must have been probably about 18 months, maybe two years ago, a little while now, getting to sleep at night time. And I never, yeah. ever struggled going to sleep because I get up early. You know, I'm sort of up at... 4.35 o'clock, I go and train, I work all day, I've got kids, I've got a family, I've got a life like everybody and it would get to the end of the day and I'd be tired and I'd lie in bed just thinking, oh my God, I just can't go to sleep and I don't know what it was. My brain was active or something and I, I felt physically tired and no matter what I did, it, no matter what I tried, any sort of meditation, guided meditation or anything like that, it didn't work and you know, one day I got up and I chucked my hands up and I... I went out and played a video, I sat down in front of the Xbox and I was racing a Formula One car around the track, just going around around in circles in a, on a track, you know, against the clock. Went to bed, slept like a baby. Yeah, yeah, sure. And thought, what the hell? Same thing, next day, couldn't go to sleep, got up, 
I don't know, maybe play a video game for 10 minutes, see what happens. And it turns out that taking all of my attention, my entire brain space and putting it onto a video game for 10 minutes before I went to sleep yeah, was the yeah. thing that switched me off and made me go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's that singular focus. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Really interesting. All right, Mick. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. It's a little bit of fun to kick off the podcast and nice no to learn a little bit about you and get to know you a little bit. Will people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in? So, Mick, if you could, mate, could you please share with us and with the audience your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Look, the biggest, uh, I'd say the biggest all in, like two feet all in, uh, is what I'm doing at the moment. Is, uh, I have. I have a few things on the go, but we've just kicked off a national tour of an event called 17X. And uh, the intention is to run a very TEDx-style public speaking event in every capital city, well, four capital cities. So we're in Adelaide, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Um, Perth will come to you soon and Hobart hopefully soon as well. And the idea is to engage everyone, uh, the business community with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. It's gotten a heap of momentum. There's a lot of uh, like a snowballing effect. And it all of this, like people are saying, oh, why did you start this event? Where's it all, you know, what's it all about? And it literally came from me wanting to do public speaking. And I, I was looking at my, my day job, which is a consulting business, and I was saying to myself, okay, you need to meet more people. You need to get yourself out there a bit more, you know, that whole idea around building your profile. I love to public speak. I've done a lot of it. I've done a lot of facilitation with youth groups. And my, my thought pattern was, okay, let's get out and get on stage, get in front of some people, tell them some cool stuff and just create genuine connection is what I'm all about. And rather than door knocking, I think I rang up one speaker's agency and said, hey, I want to do some speaking. And they're like, well, we don't know that you can speak, so come back to us later when you've got a video type thing. And I'm like, well, screw you. Mm. So my solution was, okay, let's just start. I'll just start my own speaking event hey, there you go, you want to do more speaking, just go and create your own event. So here I am three months later and I've got four events in four capital cities, you know, with a whole bunch of really cool engagement. The the connections I've made has just been huge and it all came from an idea of, hey, let's do some more public speaking and, okay, why don't I just create my own event and see what happens. Now, this particular model, it's very bootstrapped. It doesn't have any funding. We're getting amazing speakers donate their time to come on stage and tell us their story. Um, we're getting amazing organisations that, that are joining in to help me run the events in each capital city as a host partner. Um, we've got national promotion partners that are coming on board to help, you know, promote the, the vehicle around the, around the country. And all, like, I literally didn't do too much for that to happen. I just made a few phone calls, did a few LinkedIn connections, said, hey, this is what I think that's what you reckon. And I guess the learning from all of that is... Just kind of that Nike kind of thing around, just do it. Like, just give it a crack and see what happens. What's been a great learning is that I think if you've got a, a really great value proposition that is based around genuine connection and it's not based around, you know, our model isn't about selling tickets to these events. We're raising money for charities. I'm not, this isn't a, a money making vehicle for me and nor is it for my host partners. And so we've got a real genuine, uh, a genuine product being that the event with an intention around creating authentic connection and engagement with, with a serious, you know, but fun uh, topic of the UN Sustainable Development Goals and what that's created in, in terms of the flow and effect of building my network and, and creating these amazing conversations and, and connections I've now got around the country with, with some beautiful human beings and organisations. 
has just been amazing. And I'm, I'm sitting here kind of slightly scared, slightly intimidated, but slightly, you know, very excited to see where we're going to be at the end of these four events. Um, it's really by just having a crack. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really great story because on this show, I get to speak to so many different guests and people often have a story of transition in when they tell me their goal in story, you know, I went from, from this marriage to not being married or from this health challenge to being healthy or from this job to that job and from this job into this business. And it's always about transition. So it's really interesting to me for you seeing you living it right now, like your biggest goal in is right now. I'm in it. <laughs> I think we forget. I think we forget as human beings to be present. And your goal in moment is actually right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. what is you working on, you've got to commit to it now. Tell yeah. me, you had it, you made a decision. You got rejected from that speakers bureau. You made a decision to do this. How long yes. did it take you to get a bit of momentum and a bit of traction? I think it was about two weeks, and like no time at all. It was it was crazy. Um, so to give an example, my my LinkedIn profile right goes nowhere, has zero traction. I've never really done anything with it, you know, apart from. Yeah, anyway, it goes nowhere. I thought, okay, let's test drive this on the Gold Coast. I'll have one in April. So I think it was, uh, I, I had a, I gave myself about a five week lead time to do one in, in, in April on the Gold Coast um, with no money, no, you know, no anything, no network, no nothing. All I had is a space. Thank you to the Gold Coast Innovation Hub for giving me their space. Shout out to those guys. And I put a LinkedIn post out and said, hey, thinking about this running this event, who do you know would be a great speaker? And I got 35. People within like two days because everyone wants to speak, right? Turns so, out your profile's not so bad after all. Well, yeah, it's just like holy shit. <laughs> there's, there's all this interest, and so you know, I put it together, ran it, and then I, for me, I thought, okay, all I want to do is just test drive the vehicle and see if we actually have a conversation around the SDGs and we can get some speakers that actually have something really authentic to talk about. And we did that. We didn't get very many people in the room, but it was great because they were all really engaged anyway. There was only about thirty people there which was cool. Like it wasn't so much about how many people we can get there. It was more about what we can produce on the day. And then by that afternoon, I had three people asking me to bring it to their city <laughs> uh, in Brisbane. I did a podcast interview with some guys uh, down in South Australia and then told them what I was doing. And they said, right, you need to come to Adelaide. So it was just kind of that, that domino effect, you know, mm. but really from putting it out there in the universe and then actually booking it on a, you know, booking it in a venue, I think it was three weeks, four weeks. It wasn't long. The Adelaide one. And then my wife's like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> oh, I've gone to Adelaide in July. Yeah, I'm going to go speak. And she- you know, the interesting right. part to that for me is that one day for an entrepreneur is a long time. Like, oh, yeah. And being an entre- entrepreneur can be a lonely profession when you're trying to get something up on its feet. And you think something's got some legs. And you've got to get some momentum behind it. You can achieve so much in one day. And, and you know, I, I kind of giggle a little bit and say two weeks, that's not a long time. But, you know, you've got literally 20 hours in a day that an entrepreneur works. And it's amazing what you can achieve when you focus all of your energy and attention on it. Tell me, Mick, why did you focus in on the UN sustainability development goals? What's, tell me about what, what is that, if I don't know what that is, yeah. first of all, and what, why yeah. did you pick that of all things, of all the topics you could cover? The, the Sustainable Development Goals are 17 um, goals that were laid out in 2015 by the United Nations. Uh, basically, they got together with the General Assembly and then group leaders like, um, uh, sorry, world leaders like uh, Richard Branson, Paul Pollan from Unilever, 
um, people playing at that level and then and then world leaders as well. And, and basically they sat in a room and said, right, the world is on a crash course to, you know, some really bad places. We What are the things that we need to work on? So they came out with this the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. They're also known as the Global Goals. If anyone wants to check them out, there's a cool website called globalgoals.org, which lays it out really easy. Um, but basically there's 17 goals that, that focus on different areas of, of the world or environment, social you know, business impacts that we all need to basically get on top of by, it's called the, the 2030 agenda. So basically we've got until 2030 to achieve these goals. I've got them here on my wall, but basically, you know, goal number one is no poverty, number two, zero hunger. There's one around reduced inequalities, um, responsible consumption and production is a really big one at the moment, climate change, life underwater. There's a whole box of them. For me personally, um, what are we at now, 2019? So around 2014, 15, uh, basically, oh no, I think it was 2016, uh, a real shift in my focus around business and wanting to always have a business that was producing some kind of positive impact in the world, not necessarily a social enterprise, but at least a for-purpose brand is, is kind of what I refer to. And then through my time with doing that and, and various business I've been involved with, I've been connected with a company called Buy One, Give One, who are a great organisation that help companies bring transaction-based giving into their platform. So as you sell a widget, something happens automatically. So I have a sip for sip business, which is, um, uh, sorry, an online coffee marketplace called sip for sip coffee. And the example there is every time we sell a bag of coffee, we give a, a month's worth of water to people in need through B1G1. And those guys are heavily involved in the SDGs now. So circling back to the SDGs is working with them gave me exposure. And then I started looking around and going, okay, this is this, is this amazing model that we can use particularly I'm connected to the small business space in my, in my coaching and consulting work, there's a real question in the small business space that they, they want to do stuff but they don't know where to start or there's that question of, you know, I'm just a small business, what can I actually do? Mm. And the, the framework around the SDGs is a really great one for businesses to have a look at and go, right, here are 17 things that I can work on. What, pick one, pick three, whatever. So the, the question around the event was, okay, I want to do a speaking gig Obviously, your sales and marketing brain sits there and says, well, there's a lot of speaking gigs around. What are we actually going to talk about? It's a value. The SDGs is a great thing. It needs more exposure. We need, you know, the movement in the, in the consumer is that they want to work with companies that are socially responsible. They want to buy products that are sustainably sourced and all that kind of stuff. So it's really useful for the business community to understand what these SDGs are all about. And I don't just want to create a speaking gig where it's just me talking on stage all on my own because what am I going to talk about for, <laughs> for all the time to keep people engaged? So, hey, let's let's do a TEDx thing, focus on the SDGs, call it 17, blah, 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 where we go. I spoke to a mentor of mine who's the founder of V1G1 um, or the chairman, sorry, uh, Paul Dunn, and I mentioned it to him and he said, oh, oh, wow, in his way. <laughs> He's like, that's, yes, let's do it. So here we are. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and what type of – you must be attracting speakers from industry that are using these sustainable development goals mm. and talking about what it is that they're doing to make a contribution back to it, right? Yeah, correct. So um, the intention of the events is to – we've got three outcomes, to engage, educate, and impact. So what we do with our speakers is we're finding amazing speakers in each city. So they're from the local area. We're not bringing speakers in from out of town. And this is partly where I'm working with our host partners in each capital city to see, you know, who do they know that are, that are great in this space. 
um, that we can invite on. And, yeah, they are businesses, certainly not necessarily charities. Um, that we've got some social enterprises. We've got some consultants. We've got, uh, you know, just some for-purpose business brands similar to mine um, that are doing business for good, basically. Uh, and what we want to do is is showcase to the audience, this is how you do it. Here's just someone telling their story of how they create some impact in either the world or their local community or, you know, nationally, uh, so that people in the audience can actually say, right, here's, here's a bunch of people that are doing it. This is how they're doing it. And now I can go and, you know, research the SDGs and understand how I can apply it to. So, yeah, we're, we're really getting – we haven't fully booked all, all of the events yet. We've got Sydney and Adelaide are certainly fully booked with their speakers and the lineups are just – they're just amazing group of people that are all really diverse. Uh, we've done that intentionally. They're all just producing both local and national and international outcomes. It's just amazing. The 2030 target, there's some big goals. There's some big, bold targets to aim yeah. for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that it's taken, what is it that's caused people to actually start to take action and move towards those things? Is there a little bit of, fear there or is it just people wanting to contribute and do their part the the world's waking up that we actually don't have a choice if you look at the the movement in the millennial space you know what's happening consumer confidence in wanting to work with brands so the brands have no choice they've got to respond to what the consumer wants um at the government level and at you know this world leader level with the un and the and the sdgs it's climate change is real it's there's there's no denying it at any given time, there's half a billion people in the world that don't have access to clean water. Now, that's real. That's not made up. You know, there's, I think it's 1.5 billion people living below the poverty line, which is less than a US dollar a day or something. Mm. You know, these are, these are real problems. And if they're not fixed, you know, things like climate change is reversible right now, right? We're on a pretty serious environmental path that's going to create some major problems for humans in the future. And it's actually reversible right now. If we change the way that we're fossil fuels and whatnot and the impacts that we're creating on, on climate change, we can actually reverse it by 2050, I think it is. So it's, it's basically a, the, the leaders, thank goodness, have come out and said, right, here's 17 issues that we need to get on board. Now it's up to, it really is up to the business community and the consumers to make it happen because governments are too slow. They're, they're great and they're, they're doing their bit. Yes, they are. However, they, they obviously have a red tape. They've got, you've got idiots in power around the world at the moment. Um, let's not mention their names because I don't want to polarize, you know, you obviously everyone's listening. So that's cool. There's, there's a reality that these are, these are issues that need to happen. And in the next 10 or 20 years, if you're in business and you don't have some kind of sustainable focus in the way that your supply chain works, in the way that you're delivering your product, you know, circular economies are very big now and they're on the rise. The consumer just won't buy from you. And your business will be dead. Mm. Well, you know, I tend to agree with you on the government side of it there. And that's because you can't regulate people into changing. You've got to. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's, and, and even if you could, you know, even if they could put it into legislation or into law, then the reality of people caring about it is almost nothing. Yeah, so it's, it's got to like, come from a yeah. grassroots level at oh, an individual level, right? 100%. And, you know, if you made it a law, it's almost like people would probably go against it just to yeah. the law. It's, it's like. <laughs> screw you, I'm going to go against it. Yeah. But, you know, the reality is that none of this stuff, what I want to inspire people with 17X now is, is that this isn't a personal battle. It's not you versus me. Mm. You know, it's, hey, there's some challenges out there. Let's just pick some. 
and 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 business is such a great way to do it. If every if you can, there's this huge focus on the cure factor. Like you know, take um, take three from the sea example, right? Great movement around taking every time you go to the beach, take three pieces of plastic. That's a cure mentality, right? Which is cool. Um, and there's this huge movement around it. It's really cool. The World Surf League are onto it. And cleaning up beaches is excellent. But there's now also, because of things like the 17 goals and uh, goal number 12 around responsible consumption and procurement, there's now a big conversation around the prevention side. And that, that again, is not a you versus me mentality. It doesn't have to be this argument between different industries or, you know, political agendas or whatever. It's just, okay, let's just get rid of single-use plastics or let's just fix up the way that we um, we source our goods so that we're not screwing the planet at the same time so that our kids' kids' kids actually have a place to live, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, But the good thing about the SDGs is that there's a way to make it really engaging and fun so it's not an activism argument which can polarise a lot of people. This isn't about protesting in the streets. It's just about saying, hey, there's some functional things that need to be changed but you can do it in a way that benefits your business, benefits your bottom line, saves you money and builds on your brand and gives you more authentic connection with, you know, the savvy consumer that's around to that. And it doesn't have to be an activism argument. Well, it's practical and pragmatic is what you're describing. I, I do know a lot of people in my network get their back up about climate change when you talk about it. Sure. And they get really, oh, that's not real and they have an opinion about it and it's all this. But, I, but you know what? I don't think that they... At its core, when you when you really talk to them and you ask them about it, they're not climate change deniers. What they hate is they hate the ideology that goes with it. Yeah, like sure. If you say to them, "Hey, man, do you, you know do you recycle your milk carton and the plastic bottles?" They're like, yeah, "Yeah, of course I do." Yeah, do you like not leave your rubbish around? Yeah, of course, of course I don't do that. You know, they're actively participating in the things that climate change is supposed to actually stand for and to do all of those things. Yeah, sure. You don't like the ideology and the activism, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the, the rah-rah that goes with that. I think yeah. that's silly. And, you know, when you're trying to tackle a big giant problem like this, how, how, do, you, how do you eat that elephant? You just got to eat that elephant one bite at a time. And it sounds yeah. really practical and pragmatic what you're talking about there. Just pick one of those things on the list there and work on that. And that's a really yeah. good way of you being able to, make a contribution and add some value back and move us towards those 20, 30 goals. And if each and every individual and business owner took some responsibility for that, you know, we're going to be well on the path to it, right? Yeah, well, that's it. You know, um, one of our host partners is Teaspoons for Change in South Australia and their whole philosophy is just the, the idea of Teaspoons for Change. You just take one teaspoon at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, it just be little things. You know, it could be one of the things is around equality. So, you know, I've got two boys, so I can contribute to that by teaching them how, how to respect women and understand that, that everyone's equal and that's just the way it is. It's not boys are better than girls and all that kind of stuff and we can contribute to it just in, a, in really easy ways. And, they, you know, the, the SDGs, they're colourful, they're fun, they're engaging, they've got 237, I think it is, um, metrics underneath the 17 that you can kind of, you can get real micro if you want to. Um, but you know, the main thing we're trying to do with 17X is just make it engaging and just understand that it doesn't have to be an argument. And you know, everyone's entitled to, like you say, their opinion about how how they're receiving or, or you know, that rah-rah thing. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, we don't need to make it a, a massive kind of protest type movement with the, the SDGs. It's just a conversation. All we've got to do is have conversations around. Hey, how do we how do we reduce inequality? You know, I want my niece to be able to go into the corporate world if she wants to and, and get equal rights. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You want your daughter to do the same thing. 
you know, that's, that's what we're talking about. So that's what the SCD speak to. So if people want to find out more about that, you said there's a website, globalgoals.org. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's, it's globalgoals.org. But look, if you Google Global Goals, you'll find them all. You can hit up our website, 17sdg.com, and that's got info just generalised about the, the, the Global Goals and obviously our events. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Google's our friend in, in anything at the moment. So if you want to find it, just... I'll, I'll dig those links out. And if you're listening to this podcast, just have a peek at your phone and the link to this will be in the show notes for this actual show. So you won't have to do any crazy Googling and looking for it all. I'll do it all for you. So you'll be able to find the link right there. So it's all good. Well, what I have to say, Mick, I have to pass on a big kudos for approach that you're taking with it, mate, because I'm sick of all the arguing. I'm sick of all the trolls. I'm sick of all the carry-on that goes on in social media about these so-called divisive issues that actually that actually affect all of us. And yeah, sure. They don't really affect us so much as as adults here in the modern world, but they will certainly affect our grandkids and our grandkids' grandkids. So well done, mate, in, in taking the argument out of it and doing it so it's something that's positive and help building some more awareness out of it, mate. And I'm really enjoying... Uh, hearing this story and watching you living your go all in right now, which is very, very cool, man. Tell me if somebody is teetering on the edges of thinking about doing something like this, it doesn't sound like you thought about it too much. It was just, <laughs> just, just bloody do it and not taking no for an answer. Well, I'll do it myself. I can do it better anyway, which is, yeah. I, I love it. Those people are going to have to go and eat their hat. You know, I kind of like that as well, you know, flying in the face of what they, what you say you can't, it's, you're like one of those people. You tell me I can't, then watch me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's a, there's a bit of that there. That competitive streak comes out. Says, all right, I will. I'll take it on. <laughs> what, what would you, what would you say to somebody that was thinking about doing something like what you're doing, and they're right on the edge of it? You know, not start, not necessarily starting up a speaking thing or anything like that. But yeah, no, yeah. they're on the edge of going, but they're not quite there. What what would be the top three things that you could say to them to go all in and commit and have a crack? Yeah. So number one is to, to understand why you're doing it. You know, the Simon Sinek, know your why, understand your purpose because, you know, it's, and even Steve Jobs was saying it years ago that when you are emotionally connected and you know why you're doing something and there's actually passion there, when you're sitting here and you get a bunch of no's, you know, for me, I'm, I'm drastically trying to find one sponsor to help us out for the whole tour and there's a lot of a lot of no's that are coming along there, but it's the purpose that you go, okay, there's a reason I'm doing this that drives you through some of the mud. So definitely know your why, definitely understand your purpose. And that, that goes hand in hand with any business really. Yeah, know your why. Number two is to have a support network. So for me, my support network is our host partners and people that we're engaging with in the brand. So just people that you can bounce ideas off. You know, obviously you've, you've realized I'm definitely a do now, think later kind of <laughs> jump in, jump in and just let's just do it and let's get it done. So when I'm creating a lot of the content, um, the good thing is I've got host partners in each city that are coming back to me saying, Hey, you need to change that or this or that. So there's, there's that partnership in having feedback in, in how you're delivering what you're doing. If you're a fast mover like I am, and uh, perhaps if you're a slower mover, get a fast mover that can, you can bounce off. So, yeah, start with understanding why, get a great network around you. And the last one is make sure you're having a shitload of fun. It's got to be fun. Because <laughs> there's no point in doing it if it's not fun, right? Especially if you're going to do a labor of love type thing like, you know, if, you, if you're working on a project that uh, isn't necessarily about making money, so it's going to take up a lot of your time, but 
the the fruit for you and the purpose isn't necessarily about making coin. It's about impact or engagement or whatever. You got to have fun, hey. You got to have fun. If you're not having fun, just change. Change what you're doing. Are you having fun with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm having these fun. What's um, the What's the fun part for you? It sounds like the human connection is the fun. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that man. Like I'm sitting in my office just in behind Cool and Gala that doesn't have windows. <laughs> so and I've worked from home for six years. And yeah, you know, I know people, I've got friends and whatever, but I've got zero network. Well, I had zero network. Now I've got this cool network of people that, you know, it's not about me pilfering them for work. That's not what this is about. I went, I'm not working with any of them um, professionally. It's it's about connecting with them and hearing their story and understanding how different, like you get to learn from people. As I said, I'm very much in this space of purpose-based brand and purpose-based business. You get to talk to people that are just doing amazing things in the world. Like they just blow your mind what they're up to and you go what are you serious and then cool stuff like this you know mm. we all of a sudden i'm getting you know interviewed on a podcast that's going out to a massive network and we get to have a cool chat and they get asked yeah so for me the fun part is connecting with people i'm a leader leadership is really my core skill and i lead from within and lead from connection not in that hierarchical kind of leadership so I love to connect with people and, yeah, authentic connection is where it's at for me. Um, I hate networking. <laughs> very nice, very nice, beautifully said. Yeah, the, the networking in the superficial type of <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that is very, very hard to get over. Uh, it, it's a type of skill. That's a dedicated skill that people have. Some people are really good at it and some people yeah, are like, yeah. oh, my God, I just can't. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, it's false and it's fake. I have to say, though, I've done really well in that space and, it's never been about trying to build a relationship straight away the minute you meet somebody in a yeah, 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 yeah. swap type thing. It's about getting to know people and spending the time with them and taking the time to build on relationships. For me, that's everything. That's been everything in my business over the years and it continues to be the foundation of my business. Yeah, yeah. And me. that's it. That's, a, that's, that's not networking. That's authentic connection, right? So I reckon yeah. anyone that's doing networking right needs to remove the word and call it connecting. Yeah, uh, you know, sounds a bit romantic and a bit wishy-washy but that's what you're doing it's about just connecting with cool people doing cool stuff and i'm all about the giving like i'm trying to find ways that i can give more to their partners and you know they're like what do you what do we need to do for you and i'm like don't worry it'll come around in osmosis at some stage Mm -hmm. let's just let's just give you lots of value so yeah beautifully said mate it seems like there's uh been some really big changes for you in the last 12 months if i met you a year ago how would you have been different I would probably not have little grey hairs in my beard. <laughs> I probably be be a little bit slower in the way that I'm working. Whereas now I've got heaps more energy to create um, through connection. I don't think I was as focused on. I was certainly focused on purpose twelve months ago and impact, but probably a little bit more focused on how how I impact and how I create purpose. Whereas now I, I'm a little bit more focused in certainly how do I create purpose and impact through my brands, but also how do I engage other people to do the same and and be that kind of the door opener, if that makes sense. But I'm certainly working a lot faster now because I've got a lot more plates spinning in the air. (laughs) That's what happens when there's more going on. You got no choice. I think the difference between me now and 10 years ago is significant. Because it's that, that shift in purpose and shift in wanting to do business a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but certainly in the last 12 months, a lot faster and a lot more around trying to value add. Um, and that's just the basic business lesson, right, is how do we add value all the time and, and let the 
the value come back in its own time rather than trying to sell mm-hmm. and, cre- and create your own value? How do you create value for other people and then allow it to, to loop back when it's ready kind of thing? Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Well, we look back over 12 months. If we look ahead, what's happening in the next 12 to 18 months, that must be super exciting with all of these events. Is that is that a big focus of what you're doing? Is some other things happening? Yeah. So, you know, of course, we've got the four events, which will be which will be done and dusted by September. So we've got four events between now and September, which is going to be crazy. What else is happening for me? I'm just really building my consulting business, which is great. Um, I work in the, I have a company called Dice Consulting where I work in the small business coaching and consulting space. I hate the word coach, but it, it effectively it is kind of where I'm at. Strategy and execution in my wheelhouse. And I work a lot with small business owners that start their business out as a technician and then uh, are having trouble with the idea of separating themselves into management and, and being the director rather than, you know, the guy on the tools or the woman on the tools, so to speak leadership and all that kind of stuff so uh and i'm building myself into some more management consulting where i go in and work with the team one day a week rather than being like in the business rather than being outside the business so that's starting at the moment i actually have a, a team session with some a crew this afternoon which is which is exciting so that allows me to to really deploy those leadership skills that i and i want to get it back in around the team again so that helps in that and I'm searching for more opportunity to do that on a bigger scale. I really want to get in front of a sales team where they don't have a sales manager and be that conduit between the director and the sales team and provide some sales leadership across the board on a contracting kind of consultant basis. So that's exciting. Our DICE business is also you know, pushed into a digital marketing side of things, saw a bit of a gap where particularly, again, in the small business space, the agency fees to get a hold of this digital marketer handle, particularly the social end of town, is really high. Like People are charging big dollars to just to manage social media ads and funnels and, and retargeting and all that kind of stuff. So I'm offering a, a subscription model that's a lot easier for small business to entry into and get some help in that space where it's not thousands of dollars a month in agency fees um, and give them access to that skill set. Having built three startups, I've kind of taught myself how to how to handle all the back end of the social side. I don't touch SEO because that's voodoo. <laughs> so I take my hat off to all the SEO people out there that understand that language. It's just crazy. So yeah, look, a lot of exciting projects uh, up in the air. Super Super Course is ticking along, making its difference. We just changed over, I think, seventeen thousand days worth of water donated to people in need in uh, Ethiopia and Malawi, which is cool. So we um, just continue to organically, patiently build that that little engine on its own. Yeah, so a bit going on. <laughs> very nice, very nice. It sounds really exciting. And if, if people want to connect with you, Mick, what's the best way to do that via your website, LinkedIn? What's the best way? Yeah, probably LinkedIn would be easiest. Just Mick Hayes on LinkedIn. Any of the websites I mentioned earlier, 17sdg.com. There's contact us on there. Um, go order yourself some coffee at sitforsit.com.au and you'll impact some people with water, which is rad. Diceconsulting.com.au is my business around the coaching stuff. So, um, but yeah, look, it's all on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, okay. Excellent. And I'll make sure that if, again, if you're listening to this podcast, just have a little peek at your phone and you'll see all mixed links right there in the show notes. So you don't have to dig too far. Make sure you connect with him and go away and buy some coffee. It's cheap as cheap. It's four bucks a bag. Get some coffee. You, you buy some coffee and I supply water to a village or to somebody. Is it a village or somebody for how long? A month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. We've we got these two um, two partnerships, uh, one in Ethiopia. In the, it's called the Tigray region, which is the north end of Ethiopia. 
and another one in Malawi. And basically what they do is they build both of them a grassroots organization. So 100% of the money that we donate to them through D1D1 goes to the project. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it hits the ground where it needs to go. And um, basically what they do is they both build sustainable water solutions in villages and remote villages. Um, the one in Ethiopia particularly is around water wells. So sustainable water wells that supply up to five years of water supply, clean water supply to the villages. Uh, the one in Malawi does the same thing, but it also builds dams. So sustainable dams that, that obviously have a big impact. Malawi has a major problem with clean water from waterborne diseases. Uh, in particular, whereas Ethiopia, it's similar, but um, they're also main thing is just around sanitation and clean water supply and drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a bigger problem in Malawi. But yeah, so it works out like basically that we're working in a ten transaction based giving, which is what B1G1 are all about. So every two hundred fifty gram bag of water or a box of our biodegradable coffee pods is a month's worth of water. Is is, is how it kind of equates out. So. Rather than saying X profit or X percent of this and that, we just go, right, it's a month worth of water, which it's is cool. It's a really, uh, really nice way to give something and kind of make you feel like you're doing something because it's very, very transparent as well. And it's not going off to some monolithic company to build a head no. in some country in Europe that you never heard of. Yeah, no. So you're actually it's making a, a real donation and a real difference back through uh, the transparency and visibility of it. So make sure you check that out and have a look at your phone again and just click those links and bag of coffee 16 bucks a bag of pods is like 10 bucks you can't can't go too far wrong so get on it all right Mick. thanks mate for coming on the goal in podcast we really appreciate you spending some time with us here today and sharing your story and you're living your story now so i'd love to uh maybe check back in with you later in the year after these events are all finished and give us a little bit of an update on how it all went for you and if it kind of played out the way that you thought it would <laughs> turn into something bigger and better i'm excited to, to see yeah, that yeah. Later. Yeah, man, that'd be really cool. And, you know, thank you for having me on. Um, it's really cool to be on the receiving end of, of a podcast and have someone ask you some cool questions and make you think about, yeah, you know, how do you answer, how do you answer and articulate what it is that you're up to? It's, it's an interesting thing. It's a great exercise. And I really appreciate you having me on, man. It's really cool. Right. Absolute pleasure, mate. And thanks again for coming on. We'll see you again soon. It's bye for now. Cheers. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. What a fantastic episode. Make sure you connect with Mick and get inside of his ecosystem. If you're listening on your phone right now, just take a peek. And right there in the show notes are all of the links to his site and to his social media. So you're not going to have to go digging around for them. And if you're watching this video on Facebook or YouTube, just scroll down and all the links to Mick's site and his socials are right there for you as well. Make sure as you're looking at those links on your phone, you hit that subscribe button. That way you'll never miss a goal in podcasts and you'll always have some motivation and some entertainment right at your fingertips and in your ears. And if you like what you heard today, I'd really appreciate a review as that helps us out a whole lot as well. Now, if you've got a question or a comment for the show, you can reach out via the Goal In socials anytime. And if you want to send me an email, you can do that by visiting goalin.com.au to find out more. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're working on, get busy, get to it, and go all in. I'll see you next time. I know the things that I've done Isn't really what you call great This is the part where you cry, cry Cause you won't see me again And all the things that I've done 
isn't really what you call great. I can't breathe, I can't hear, I can't see. When your eyes won't stop looking at me, and the words that you said last night, they will echo through my mind. Said they will echo through my mind. I can't breathe, I can't hear, I can't see. When your eyes won't stop looking at me, and the words that you said last night, they will echo through my mind. Said they will echo through my mind. It could have been you and I, but we let this slip away. I only wish you could see that some things are not meant to be. Hey, I could have done so much more. When your eyes won't stop looking at me, and the words that you said last night, they will echo through my mind. Said they will echo through my mind. I can't breathe, I can't hear, I can't see. When your eyes won't stop looking at me, and the words that you said last night, they will echo through my mind. Said they will echo through my mind. Through my mind.